Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. I'm going to probably be calling most of you out with this first topic. <laughs> I was, <clears throat> excuse me, preparing for tonight's show. As you can tell, I still have a cold because 2022 is literally relentless, uh, will not let up with the um, deluge of issues and problems. So health is one of those, which is why I'm <laughs> basically uh, living in a cave under a rock so I can uh, avoid all that's going on around me. Um, I don't want to get anyone sick. I'm tired of getting sick myself. But the uh, topic is phone snubbing, also known as fubbing, because like I was saying in the tease, this was last week, but every time we have technology, uh, a technological advancement, I should say. Uh, it always trickles down into media, sexuality, relationality, and, and that's a good thing. You know, these technological advancements have a uh, pervasive impact and it kind of pushes every industry forward. New expectations, but also new pathologies, new ways of harming ourselves and others and uh, our mental and relational lives. Why, oh why, should cell phone innovation be any different? You know, in the beginning, people thought, how great super rad just to have your phone in your hand in your pocket oh we can text now we thought because i remember when cell phones came out some people some of our listeners only know cell phones but i'm of the generation where they didn't exist in my teenage years honestly thankfully in some ways uh harmfully in other ways i, I i'm on the fence as to whether or not my teenage and college years would have been made better or worse probably worse to be honest um Back then, we had to really get ourselves out of the house. <laughs> we had to tap into self-worth and self-esteem to kind of interface with the world. And that, again, that worked for many of us, worked against others of us. It really depended on your privilege and your level of you know, market value as per what the culture has decided, right? Because we definitely live in a world where there's a, a vast list of norms and values and aesthetic expectations that determine how worthy we feel and how we're treated. And we have to work on dismantling that globally, which we are on this show. I'm always chiseling away at it, and also trying to examine it in our own lives. Um, I don't want to de I don't want to digress or derail the topic, but just want to kind of call that out. That you know, I bring this up often, especially in my clinical practice. That a lot of these uh, market value um, traits, I guess we'll say, whatever it is, the traits that you believe you need to find in a partner, those are inherent inherited inherited, excuse me, sorry, it's this sore throat thing. Um, we inherit those. those. Those are not genetic. I, I will always disagree with evolutionary biology that just claims that these are inherently built into us, hardwired, not impacted by socialization. Oh, dear God, they are. 
the things we look for in a partner, the things we determine to be attractive and meaningful and assets are social constructions. And they change from culture to culture and time period to time period. They're quite plastic, which means we've created them, we can uncreate them and create new and better ones. And I work with a lot of clients on examining these traits that they think they have to have that they don't have to have, but they've been told they have to have and their ego thinks they need to have and they really shrink the dating pool down, they limit them. So we gotta be better about that. But the topic <laughs> is fubbing, phone snubbing. Because again, we're talking about how culture gives us a lot of gifts. It also holds us back. We get in our own way with these you know, ways we use our phones and dating apps and whatnot um, and social media. But fubbing is uh, basically, it's pretty, you know, this is where I was saying I'm gonna call everyone out. So fubbing is when you choose your phone you know, attention and energy focused on the phone in favor of or in place of the people that you're literally spending time around. So it's not like, hey, I'd rather stay home and kind of swipe and hang out with my friends. It's really, hey, I'm literally actually in front of and with my friends and I'm opting for my phone. So we're gonna talk about why that's bad, which I hope y'all already understand why, but there was actually some interesting research that came out. And then when it was explaining the finer points, I thought, oh wow, this is what a lot of us do. It's become very normal. Even as conscious as I try to be, maybe at times more so than others, although at other times far less so than others, I've still been uh, someone who's done this. I, I remember going home for a holiday and my mom, <laughs> we were at the table and mid conversation with my family, I just kind of pulled out my phone and the look on everyone's face because to them, it's a very foreign thing and very rude and it is rude. But I think in some other circles in the wider world at times, it's become so normal and familiar that we don't see it as rude anymore and we need to, it's very rude. It's literally someone saying whatever is on my phone or whatever I think might be on my phone is more important or more meaningful than literally the person who is standing right here in front of my face or sitting next to me. That's a mess. That's a big mess. And like I said, we are normalizing it and normalizing it and normalizing it and normalizing it. We need to make it rude again. <laughs> someone created you know, some hashtags and billboards, make fubbing rude, make phone use in front of people rude again. <clears throat> Anywho, we'll come back and talk more about that. Uh, DMs, wide open. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Topics, questions, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Look for the show, scroll down, click on it, binge post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff, but... um. Yeah, come back so you can get called out because all the things I was looking at that really widen the scope of what this word fubbing means, phone snubbing, um, it's kind of a big catch-all. So anyway, more to come. Uh, listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back and we're talking about fubbing, which is phone snubbing. I know it sounds like it's some kind of a turn on, you know, uh, uh, when you look at the lists of all the different words we've created for the different things that arouse people. And they're always these really kooky terms that who cares what the term is? You know what I mean? Just explain what you're turned on by. Anywho, I digress. We're talking about fubbing phone snubbing, which is when you're with people and you or someone else just busts out their phone as though there's something else going on that's more important on their phone. Usually it's the idea of what might be on there because often we have no idea. Even if you get a ding, you don't know what that is. Um, so yeah, this is, this is something that's rude, but uh, it's something that's gotten very familiar to us, normalized. Uh, people don't bat an eyelash anymore. I was saying I was uh, with my family and they did and it was shocking how shocked they were, which shocked me because I was so used to it. <laughs> Their surprise and shock reminded me, oh yeah, this isn't okay. Uh, ready for this one? The stats crack me up. So uh, <clears throat> basically it's a problem because it's rude, <laughs> but also we have this idea again that we should be like multitasking. Oh no, no, people will say, I'm listening, I'm listening as they're literally giving their full attention to something else. We cannot equally divide our attention. In fact, multitasking, as I've talked about on the show, is not something we can do and we shouldn't try to do it. It is far better for our brains to focus on one thing at a time. To split our attention is to not be fully focused on other and the transition back and forth actually further reduces our ability to focus and internalize whatever we're looking at so you're not present and it's the studies are more than more than three quarters okay so that's a big number of americans own a smartphone so it's getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse um okay ready for this one this this stat i love that this is even a stat one study found that texting during face-to-face conversations made the experience less satisfying for everyone involved Wow, that was good. That was good use of a study. We needed that for that one. Um, studies also show that fubbing, phone snubbing, using your phone to ignore your partner on a date or even at home, decreases marital satisfaction. Again, not a shocker. Uh, another study found that spouses who fub each other experience higher rates of depression. Now, of course they do, because that means they're disconnected, because a lot of people go on their phone and in doing so, disconnect and disappear for sometimes hours at a time. And instead of connecting, building intimacy or spending time with those around you, your spouse, who maybe you're literally sitting there home alone with, your face is planted in your phone. So we work a lot and we have our hobbies and whatever else we're doing. So one-on-one time, especially in a primary relationship at home or on a date is your little bit of a window to try to connect and build some intimacy and really feel like you're part of something or with someone. And if we're spending that time just endlessly swiping or doom scrolling, well, yeah, that's going to really negatively impact our marital satisfaction and could lead to feeling a little bit, uh, you know, ignored. Uh, 
Let's see, here we go. So of course, <laughs> this fascinating research, which is blowing my mind that there's studies on this in the way that they're doing it, found that those who are on the receiving end of it fare, fare far worse. Well, of course, they're the ones being ignored. They're the ones feeling the impact. They're the ones bumping into that wall, that intimacy blocker. Um, let's see, so what were the core feelings um, that really, that came up around this? Well, it uh, makes people feel rejected excluded and not important. That's like the trifecta. You feel rejected, excluded, and not important. I mean, come on, that's pretty profound. You know, our, our, our self-worth is reflected back to us. You know, our relational steam is about making bids for our partner's attention and having them put us first. You know, I talk a lot about that with couples. If your partner makes a bid for your attention, oh my God, make that first. Come first, say to them, of course, hold on, let me put my phone down or let me pause the television. And if you can, at least turn to them, give them eye contact and say, hey, we'll be right back. Give me one second to finish sending this, right? That's the opposite of, of, of phone snubbing or fubbing. That is to say, you're important. I hear you, you're, you know, but when we're rejecting, excluding, and making someone feel not important, yeah, understandably, it's going to have a negative impact on their mental health and our relationship. And people should always come first. It's it's hard enough work in my office to help people put their partners and families before their jobs and to set some boundaries on their jobs so they can be you know a human being and be present in their relationships. And then we add something on top of that, which is now when they're actually home or with their friends, family members, or loved ones, now they're also competing with the phone, which can be brought everywhere and anywhere. Um, yeah, it's going to create issues. So we'll get to how to manage this later in the show, but I really sit with that. And again, you can plug anything into this. We're just kind of using phones as the entry point, but, um, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Research also shows that people who are fubbed, right, on the receiving end of, hey, I'm trying to spend time with someone and they're on their phone, are more likely to then reach out for their phones and engage with their social media to fill that void. So then the cycle, the other person either gets off their phone, but now you're on yours, or feels you know more confident in staying on theirs because you're on yours. And now we have two people disconnected. No one literally trying to bridge to intimacy. No one trying to ask the other to connect. There we are, often running in opposite directions, drifting away, nothing but ships passing in the night as we both bump into each other on the way to bed. That's not how we want to run our relationships or our social lives. And I'm sure we've all been out at uh, restaurants where we've seen tables full of people where there's not much conversation going on. Breaks my heart. I just saw it the other day where there's three people eating, all three on their phone at the same time. Now, yes, of course, they might be interacting somehow, though I didn't think so. They also might have that quiet confidence of, oh, we are confident in silence, but that isn't exactly what I really saw happening either. I just saw three people that really didn't know how to be present anymore, you know, and you walk away from interactions like that, not really feeling like you connected, not really feeling socially nourished. Um, and again, later in the show, we'll talk about ways to manage that better because I think there is uh, some diehard rules that at least relationships should put in place, social and romantic around phone use so as to prevent, <laughs> what was the trifecta again? So as to prevent feeling rejected, excluded, and not important because uh, yeah, our we are we are social beings. The health of our brains and our nervous systems are literally dependent on socialization. We need to feel included. We need to feel accepted and celebrated, and we need to feel like we are important. <laughs> so it's the opposite. All right, we're gonna take um, gonna take a moment, and uh, coming up next, we are gonna keep talking about fubbing. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back and we're talking about fubbing. Phone snubbing, all the different ways we uh, block intimacy. Maybe that's actually the um, second second subtopic to the topic of fubbing is intimacy blockers. And just looking at all the different ways that we deny our full presence to another person or the way another person denies their full presence to us. What's really interesting in interpersonal neuroscience is we have some of these patterns uh, pretty well mapped out in that, you know, it's not about full sustained contact at all times with no breaks. We actually need to break contact to process. In fact, when we're making sustained eye contact, we're not processing. It's when we break contact that we really build in and digest. And so breaking of eye contact or full attention is necessary. Children do it with parents. You can watch a newborn. They will make a certain, uh, I forget, I used to know what the ratio was of how many seconds of eye contact and connection before they would break for a certain amount of time and then reconnect. It's, it's seconds on and seconds off, but it's necessary. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong or strange about people that aren't making ongoing eye contact. In fact, it can be a sign of aggression if someone just keeps staring. So that's not what we're going for. But what we are going for is embodiment, mindfulness, connectivity, and all that means having that open space for shared experience. So when I work with couples that are feeling as though they're drifting or they're not connecting or they feel distant, I talk about shared experiences and I'll say, how many of them are you having? How often in the course of a week, a day, a month, depending on how busy their lives are, are you having shared experiences where both of you are present to the same thing that's happening? Um, an art show, grocery shopping, going for a walk, watching a TV show, cooking. Um, it, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything grand. And are there things that you're folding in that's preventing the two of you to access each other? Because that's the key part of a shared experience. It's, I was telling a story on the show a while back about having gone on a first date and we went to see some art and my date was on their phone the whole time. And I was saying that's not a shared experience because not only are they not participating with the art around us, but they're not participating in it with me. I can't just turn and make a comment or stand with them in the presence of something. We're not having a shared experience. We are physically in the same geographic location. And... I, I talk to couples about that because they'll say, you know, depending on their own understanding of the term intimacy and, and shared space and all that, the answer is different. But when I do ask about how much intimacy do you have and shared experience, and I'll listen for them to just talk about geographic closeness, that their body was near the other person's body, but are they able to access each other and are they sharing what's happening? Phones are the opposite. You're having two different disconnected experiences. You're each focused on something completely disconnected and you're not easily accessible to each other. There's nothing wrong with times of that, but that shouldn't be the ongoing way that we you know, fill our shared time together. Did that make sense? All right. So we're looking at the fact that this is something that's happening more and more. It's becoming very, very, very common. So what are some of the uh, signs? Again, we're always starting with examining it in ourselves before we look at others. So these are the signs that you are a fubber a phone snubber, that you use your phone to snub other people, that use your phone to block access, that you disconnect by being on your phone while connected. All right, so here's, these are, I was laughing at some of these because we see these in ourselves, we see them in our friends, and we definitely can see them in others when we're out in the world. One of the first ones, ready? You carry on two conversations at once, one on your phone and one in person. 
Likely you're doing neither though completely successfully. So are you trying to text or comment while talking to someone? You're a fubber. I'd love these words. So ridiculous. Um, here's another one. We see this all the time in a lot of people. You immediately bring your phone out at dinner or other social events. You put your phone maybe just beside your, you put your phone beside your plate or on the table just in case. That means you'll soon be fubbing. That means you're, you're, you're getting it ready. You're getting it ready. It's right there. Um, I love this one. Studies were showing that you don't even have to actually look at it or touch it for it to negatively impact your relationship. Because one of these uh, big studies, which I'm not going to dive that deeply into, found that just the presence of the phone sitting out can make people feel disconnected. And those, those Apple watches, please don't think that that's any better. Whether you're looking at your phone to see if a text came in or you're looking at your watch, you're breaking contact and connection. It doesn't matter which one. Somehow, for some reason, people think that the watch is like less severe because it's what on your wrist versus sitting on the table. I don't see the distinction. But I've been in conversations with people that are constantly looking down at their watch and it's like, all right, I'll wait. And then you're talking and they look down again. You're like, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> wait for them to go, wait for them to come back. I say that all the time. I'll wait. I, I won't I won't have a conversation with someone while they're on their phone. I will literally say all the time, I'll wait. And they'll be like, no, I can hear you. And I'll be like, no, I'll wait. <laughs> Drives people up the wall. But like, I refuse to be disrespected like that. <clears throat> but I then have to afford the same thing to those around me. You know what I mean? Works both ways. All right, coming up uh, next, we are going to be sliding into those DMs. So uh, you know the drill. You got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into. We want to hear from you. Follow us. And uh, we are ChannelQ.com is where you want to go for past episodes of the show. Stick around. More to come. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one says, Hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I'm a 33-year-old, newly single lesbian woman. All right, welcome to the single world. Don't know how long it's been for you, but uh, welcome back. We are happy to have you. Um, you said, I've always wanted children. And until recently, I thought my partner did as well. See, this was always interesting to me about this topic is uh, I'll see people talking about, oh, I, I, you know, if I meet someone, I need to know that you're open, that they're open to children. You know, you meet someone whose life is in progress already, and they can only speak of what they might want based on where they're at, where they've been. So when you first meet someone, whether or not they want kids, yes or no, isn't a final answer. You don't know how they'll feel down the road when they're in a beautiful, healthy relationship with you. So I'm always telling people to be very cautious because if someone came barreling into my life, it was like, hey, do you want kids? It's like, well, I don't know. In this fantasy question, are we you know, in a financially secure place? Are we in a loving, secure relationship? Blah, 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 blah. Like, what world are you asking that? You know, no one knows what's coming down the road. Uh, so just be very thoughtful about those hard lines of yes or no's. It, 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 people change their mind and they're allowed to based on the quality of their life and their relationship at different milestones. What you can never perceive of wanting or having in the past changes in the future and vice versa. Although for some people it's pretty consistent, but, but you never know what's down the road. Things can change and that can alter, you know, your, your, your sense of confidence in some of these answers. Anyway, uh, you've always wanted children, <clears throat> thought your partner did too. But about a month ago, she said she no longer wants to have kids. And that effectively ended our relationship. But that's my point. Uh, this partner seemed to want that. And then about a month ago, uh, you asked, 
and whatever was going on in their life or your life was what made them say, yeah, right now I can't imagine that. But were things to improve down the road, maybe we could. You never know, which is why I'm always saying date and marry people based on who they are right now because we don't know what's coming. But, you know, could you have hung in there longer? Maybe they would have changed their mind. Maybe. I don't know. That's always the crapshoot. Uh, anyway, you said, now I'm deciding to go on this journey of parenthood on my own, which is somewhat terrifying, but I know I'm ready and I don't want to wait any longer. Okay. I have a lot of support from my family, but I'm having trouble finding resources for women who are choosing to be a single mother rather than those who found themselves in that situation. How do I deal with people who seem to really not be okay with this? See, that's so interesting to me. People really having heavy opinions about whether or not, well, not about whether or not, but people having serious opinions about you being a single parent. What are their opinions? Just that it's going to be too hard for you? Is it a generalized opinion that that's hard on anyone or is it specific to you that they just think you can't really pull that off? Because those are two very different answers. Um, you set boundaries. <laughs> I think it's really important sometimes to tell people what we need. Hey, I want to share something with you. And I know that it might be hard to hear. It might be complicated or it's something you can't imagine doing, but it's something important to me and I'm reaching out for support. I want to be a single parent. You can tell people what you need. I'm looking for you to be supportive of this decision. Because remember, when people say things like, oh, single parenting's harder. I don't think you want to do that. They're talking about themselves. For them, it would be hard. They imagine it being difficult. They can't imagine doing it on their own. That does not speak to your experience or anyone else's experience. It's hard to be a single parent. It's hard to be a parent with a supportive partner. It's hard to be a parent. And it, it's hard to be a parent with a partner when the partner's drinking or has a job that's out of town or commutes. Like there's so many more, it's not just as simple as if there's someone else there, it inherently is easier. What's going on in that relationship? Is that other partner available? Is it a healthy relationship? Like we can't have these hardcore frameworks that we think imply that inherently everything's gonna be better. It really depends. So more importantly, back to your question, you tell them what you need. And if they start going down the road of anxiety and they're getting anxious, say, you would be anxious doing this. I am not, and I would love your support and celebration around this. I tell people that all the time. Hey, I wanna share something with you and I wanna celebrate it. And then that's what they do. They say, that is awesome, congratulations. I tell them I'm not really interested in looking at concerns because those are yours and I've already, or I've already processed it and um, I wanna just celebrate. Healthy people will honor that. Healthy people will have enough impulse control and good boundaries and they won't feel the need to vocalize concerns if you've told them, not really interested in concerns. I've already weighed it all out. I know, it's really a, an exercise in other people's boundaries and impulse control. <laughs> Often a lot of things in life is, but that's one of them. But congratulations, good luck, do your thing, live your life, and um, you know, you'll manage. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're gonna keep talking about uh, how to be a good human being in the world. That's really what we're talking about. Uh, stick around, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're talking about fubbing, which is phone snubbing, which is when you basically throw up a wall with your phone and say to everyone around you, my phone. And what I think is happening on there is more important or more meaningful to me than y'all. Spending time with y'all and making contact and having a shared experience, it's rude. It also has a negative impact on the relationship, especially when that is what's familiar and frequent. When you're out together on a walk, sitting at home together, and you're always on the phone, always on the phone, having two separate experiences, not having a shared experience. Let's talk about some of the signs that you are fubbing other people because we're looking at ourselves first. First one is 
You try to carry on two conversations at once, one with the person in front of you, the other on your phone. Not nice, not possible, and you're probably doing a poor job at both. Just frame it. Hey, give me one second. I want to respond to this and then respond or make the person who just texted you wait. It's okay to make someone wait for a while. We are getting this weird habit that if a text or an email or call comes in, we have to immediately be accessible. You don't. You can wait hours, hours. You're allowed to be busy. You're allowed to be napping, busy with someone, doing something else. You're allowed to leave your phone at home. What? Yeah. Try leaving your phone at home. Try leaving your phone in the car. I know. Wild stuff. Another one, you immediately bring your phone out. You bust it out the minute you get somewhere at dinner. Studies show just having that bad boy sitting on the table creates disconnection. It makes me anxious. I'm like, put it away. What? You don't need to be looking at that. Take your Apple Watch off too. You don't need to be looking at that as well. You're with me. And if you're expecting some stuff, then go outside and take your calls and then come back in. I'm always telling people, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Um, <clears throat> can't get through a meal without checking your phone. Isn't that wild that we can't imagine getting through an hour or two without being on our phones? Dear God, what is going on? I, it, it, emergencies, sure, but that is not what most people are doing when they're having their phone on, looking at their Apple Watch, checking it. They're not waiting for you know a crisis. They're not managing anything. You'd think they were. Um, so how do we stop it? <laughs> Get better manners, have more respect for the people around you, develop more tolerance for intimacy and closeness, stop trying to always add heightened layers of stimulation. Uh, how do we learn to just have some contentment and neutrality? Yeah, I know. Well, <clears throat> a couple things, set some rules. Um, first one, say, uh, hey, no phone zone. Thanks, Oprah. She was talking about the car being a no phone zone, which it, it really, really, truly should be. But wherever you are, put the damn thing away and make that a uh, commitment. I was talked on the show and I was taught this by someone else called phone stacking, where the minute me and friends would sit down at, ta at the table, we'd stack our phones on the end so that they were out of reach and that you had to very, you know, um, demonstrably in front of everyone, try to access your phone. And that was something that kind of kept people a little bit in check, but kind of make that commitment. Hey, like when we sit down at the table, you don't even bring your phone or, or it stays out of sight. Leave your phone in the car when you go eat food. You don't, you know what I mean? Like we don't need them with us at the table. It's life-changing. Um, and also you'll start to realize how much you tend to reach for it. You'll, you'll notice your hand feeling empty. You'll notice the impulse to wonder what's going on with it. It's quite profound. <laughs> that panic when you can't find it. I, I've, I've been watching a movie and I thought I, I meant I went to grab for it. And I was like, why? Why am I grabbing for my phone? I didn't hear anything. I'm not waiting for anything. What's going on? Oh, it's a reflex. It's definitely a learned experience. Um, I love this one, just leaving it behind altogether. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I always talk to clients. I, I shared this, I think, last week on the show. You having a phone use area where you can't just take it everywhere and anywhere. When you're at home, it's plugged in somewhere and you use it over there. And then when you're done, you come back. And when you need it, you go back over there. It's just not something that you drag around everywhere and fold into everything. Then there's the, also the rule of one thing at a time. If you're watching a movie, put your phone down. If you need to go on your phone, pause the movie, go on your phone, then put it down and go back to the movie. Same thing like I've said with conversations. Hey, give me a minute. I want to send an email and then put the phone down. It's all about just one thing at a time being more conscious of its use, and, and actually practicing not having access to it. We all could be benefited by sticking it in a drawer for a few hours, checking it only breakfast, lunch, and dinner, leaving it in the car, leaving it at home. 
it's profound. I force myself to do that. Sometimes I have to clinically because I'm just in back-to-back sessions and it's like whatever's going on in the world is going to have to wait until I'm accessible again. But it's wild to see how your hand, your little hand, will start to look for it. You know what I mean? It's so used to holding and doing, but that's the problem. We don't know how to deal with contentment and neutrality. We're always trying to add layers of stimulation. Whatever we're doing, we're like, how can I add more to it? Can I be on my phone while eating something, while watching a movie? It's like, uh, chill. <laughs> we have to learn how to just stand in line with nothing or just wait with nothing. Again, there was a time when we didn't have these technologies and you brought a book, most people did, and you just kind of like took in the environment around you, smelled the smells, heard the sounds. I mean, kind of a wild time. But um, all right, coming up next, we're going to uh, talk about how to help someone else stop their snubbing phone Snubbing, they're fubbing, excuse me. See, all these words. Um, and then some DMs, y'all. So if you got a DM first, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to drop deeper into. Past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline. Click on it, you can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff, because it's all about unlearning and then relearning. So <clears throat> yeah, but stick around, more to come. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. All right, we're back talking about how to stop someone from fubbing us, phone snubbing us, thinking that the phone is more important. I, I, I told y'all what I do. I just say, I'll wait. <laughs> it sounds a little snarky. I guess it does come out kind of snarky, but I'm not going to keep talking and have someone's divided attention. Uh, I'm a person, and if they need to be on their phone, awesome, be on your phone. But I'm not going to have you pick up little pieces of what I'm saying. I'll just wait kind of redirects people. We were talking first though about how to manage our own use of it, but uh, sometimes we have other people in our lives and we're like, hey, I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to have you with me when you're with me. When you're not with me, that's cool, but when you're here, can you be here? So the first thing we want to do is just normalize not being on them, right? It's the opposite of what we've done, which is normalized, always having them, always being on them. We sit down, phones are on the table, sit and hang out with your friends, we're all on our phones. Normalize the opposite. Like, hey, y'all, let's put our phones on the end of the table. So that's the first tip is start to model better behavior. Don't bring yours out. And even call out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to leave my phone in my pocket so I can be more present. You talk about yourself and you frame what you're doing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to leave it in the car. I really want to stay focused on what we're talking about. I haven't seen you in a while. Or, oh, it's family time. Oh, let me go plug my phone in over here so I don't grab it because I don't want to be rude and be on my phone while I'm having dinner with you all. Oh, that's how you do a meta message. <laughs> you're giving a message to them, but you're talking about yourself. You do that with parents sometimes. If the behavioral issue is actually the parent, because the child, of course, is a child. Children are dysregulated. Parents are supposed to be the more regulated one. You talk to the parent by talking to the child. You know what I mean? They're listening. So we do our own version of that. Model better behavior and explain why. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm turning my phone off. I want to be present. I don't want you guys to think I'm rude by being on it while I'm sitting here. Oh, no one's then going to do it because you just kind of framed that this in fact is rude and let's not do that. Another thing you do is lovingly call it out. Hey, uh, what I'm sharing with you is really important to me. Could you just stay with me? And then as soon as I'm done, check your phone. You know, there's loving ways to just make that request. Um, hey, seems like you have a lot going on on your phone. I was really looking forward to spending time with you. Could we maybe put our phones aside and just focus on each other? lovingly called out. We don't critique, we don't name call, we don't attack, we don't yell, we don't get mad, we don't have to get angry. We just lovingly make a request. Make a request, not a criticism. Hey, could you? It mean it would mean a lot to me if you. <clears throat> it's important that you, you know? Not a big deal. But be sympathetic because like I said, even my hand, sometimes if my phone's not nearby, I can I can feel my brain in my hand wandering, wondering, looking. 
searching, reaching out for. You know, it's something that we've really, really, really did a good job of building it in. Uh, you lose your phone. You, I mean, look, I do get the anxiety of losing your phone because think about it. Like, you know, it's not, it's not just a phone. There's a lot going on there. So I appreciate that. It's far bigger than just, you know, numbers. I, and I think this, this counts even for those that aren't spending time with others, right? I keep trying to kind of make it about both. Fubbing, the topic, phone snubbing, snubbing someone by using your phone or picking it up when you're with them, yes, but also time with ourselves. Like I keep saying, we have to learn how to just sit in contentment and neutrality and not always be adding layers of stimulation or swiping. We have to learn how to just sit there with nothing. Or like I keep saying also, be present with one thing at a time. So you, you do want to learn how to just have time away. So practice that. Practice is what rewires our brain and our behavior. Practice is what builds in new habits. Practice is how we change these automatic ways we move through the world. Learn how to be away from your phone. Learn how to be disconnected. Oh, it's good for all of us. Um, I'll tell you, there, I, I, I shared this again also on the, on the show a while back when I didn't realize, it was I guess it was a newer phone or a phone update, but magically I picked it up and somehow I stumbled upon the phone telling me how many hours I'd spent on it and I was horrified, horrified. I thought, what else could I have been doing with my life versus spending all that time on the phone? Now let's look at a study. This is a study out of the University of Georgia. Um, it claims to get to the bottom of why some of us just can't stop fubbing phone snubbing each other. We just can't, even when we know it's wrong. We just can't stop ourselves. Uh, first one is depressed people are more likely to do it. Um, according to research, depressed uh, or socially anxious people who prefer online interactions to in-person ones are more frequently uh, the people that do it. Makes sense though. If you have social anxiety, it's gonna be very hard for you maybe to feel all that anxiety while around others. And your phone is something that helps you disconnect, helps you self-soothe a little bit, and uh, also maybe makes you feel like you're participating in something. It's something to direct your attention to while dealing with the uh, larger environment. It's a little bit of a transitional object maybe. Um, you know, again, and a lot of the people that are socially anxious or more importantly, the depressed people are people that struggle sometimes with some of the social dynamics out in the world. So again, it makes sense that they're always trying to moderate, leaning in, leaning out, leaning in, leaning out. You know, it's a little overwhelming to be totally fully present. But again, it works against you because then you're always needing that. That's the thing about these um, supplementary uh, supports is that they keep us relying upon them. It's kind of like when I was talking about Viagra. Uh, you have to learn how to just work with the uh, erections you have. But if you take a pill, you're going to feel like, well, did the pill do that? Did I do that? I'm, I'm nervous to go without it. It becomes training wheels that you never want to take off because you're always wanting to be successful. And you don't know that you, you can have mastery or competence without it. So that's why like with the phone, I'd say learn how to be around social dynamics that make you anxious and not needing anything. <clears throat> it can be helpful in the beginning. But at some point, learn how to tolerate that discomfort on your own. Um, so it's not shocking that depressed or socially anxious people are more likely to do it. I would assume that the extroverts are happy to uh, have their big moment, to be seen, to be heard, <laughs> to have themselves mirrored, and uh, wouldn't want anything that got in the way of that. So the narcissists and the extroverts, uh, which are often some of the same people, very much, very much, very much love that center of attention piece. So they're not going to compete. All right, coming up next, we're going to keep talking about uh, some interesting research on those that just can't stop snubbing those around them, 
in, in service of being more present with their phones. God bless it. I know. And what's really funny is it's not even like they're actually most of the time talking to someone. It's just stupid social media stuff and TikTok videos. It'd be a little more, it'd be a little more meaningful to me if they're actually like talking to someone important. Anyway, we'll be coming back and hitting that and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Stick around though, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey will be right back. All right, we are back and uh, closing out our segment on fubbing, phone snubbing. You know, there's people that just won't be present. They won't put the phone down. It's always there. It's always in front of us. They're always picking it up. We've fought about it. We've cried about it. We've screamed. They just keep going. Well, we know from some of the studies that those that are more anxious, more introverted, or more uh, depressed are going to be the ones that do it more. Makes sense. It's self-soothing. It's self-regulation. People that are depressed or socially anxious or introverted might struggle with um, tolerating all these different emotions. And phones can be a way to like disconnect. It can be a way to be partially present while partially not being fully present. It can be a little bit of a transitional object, something to keep you company, something to have in your hand to make you look busy. I get it. I get it. I've done that. You know, you're at a party lull in the conversation or your wingman or wing woman walks away and you just kind of like, all right, what am I going to do? So you kind of go on your phone. I don't know. I get it, y'all. I get it. Also, who else? Uh, these are the people that just can't seem to stop. This is interesting. This is such an odd word. Agreeable people. Like, what does that even mean? Agreeable people, the research shows, don't fub as much. People with agreeable personality styles, those that are polite, cooperative, friendly, they have lower instances of that. <laughs> My God. Uh, it sounds so dated when you use words like that. Uh, so essentially people that really, really, really uh, very much care about the uh, thoughts of others. I get it. Here's the biggest piece of research though. In groups of three or more, you're going to see higher rates of it. The more, the larger the group, uh, because you can disappear into the numbers. You know, the more, the more people that are there, the less you'll be noticed or the, the less rooted is because there's other people that maybe are talking or people are connecting to or focusing on. Um, so you'll see that, which is also part of why those that are always running around the group sometimes feel very lonely. They can have this sense of like, I was around people, so there's a heightened level of socialization, but they don't always feel like they've really connected deeply with anyone because you can't connect that deeply with that many people at one time. Some people can, but um, people like myself that like deeper levels of intimacy and closeness, I like more one-on-one -on -one hangs, smaller groups. I don't like socializing with larger groups. It's overwhelming. I can't connect with everyone. I don't feel like we can get deep enough. It's just not my jam. So people in larger groups, usually you're more likely to see that. There's just a sense of like, I don't know. It just feels like there's so much socialization going on because there's so many people that I guess people just feel like we don't need to you know, bring the truer layers of it forward. I don't know. It's a theory for another time, y'all. Um, <clears throat> how about this one? The more you fub, you know, snub other people for your phone, the worse your friendships. Researchers affirmed previous studies which found that the more people use their phones in the presence of friends, the lower satisfaction of those relationships. But of course... Of course, because you don't feel like you're getting to know someone. You don't feel cared for. You don't feel seen. I've been in business meetings where in the middle of a meeting, someone pulls it out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what's going on? Even on dates, first dates, it's like, I told you, you know, again, that story. I'm like, what's going on? Be here with me. My God. If you on a first date pull that bad boy out, we, are, we got no hope down the road when you get more comfortable. You know what I mean? You feel a little more comfortable with me. Um, and then finally, like turn that darn thing over. There's this, there was this research I was looking at about the diminishment of our social skills. And they were saying phone use is a big part of that. Um, 
because we're not we're not really forced to learn how to connect in ongoing ways. Um, and that here we go. It's missed opportunities to practice important communication and social skills. You lose those valuable skills. Um, and it's bad habits. But it really dovetails back with my my definition of intimacy. This word that I keep flinging around tonight. My definition of intimacy is sharing, right? Uh, us sharing with someone else or someone else sharing with us things that make us a little anxious, a healthy functional level of anxiety because we're really, really, really bearing a vulnerable part of ourselves. Again, it doesn't always have to be like that, but a lot of intimacy is those superficial pieces, the pieces that we're very uh, comfortable and familiar with. And intimacy is really shown, excuse me, when we are bearing those more anxious parts of ourselves. And that's what leads us to always feeling connected is the willingness to drop into that. Otherwise, we run out of things to discuss. If we keep it very topical, it also just doesn't feel fresh or dynamic. And that's why a couple that's saying like, we're not feeling a lot of good energy in our relationship. I'll say, go experience something new and novel together. Find new ways to connect with each other by having experiences that require processing and discussing. If, if, if you're just coming home and you've had separate experiences at work or work itself isn't the most dynamic, interactive thing to, to connect around. And since you've maybe been apart all day, you don't really have anything shared to discuss except for maybe the kids or the house. Also not a very exciting, dynamic thing that leads to depth anymore. And that's why if you go out into the world and new environments around new people, it's always generating new ideas and new thoughts and a freshness. I mean, sex is that way as well. Good sex is about always bringing in something new and novel as well. So, so remember that that's why the phone's a problem. It prevents us from having the energy of the excitement to ask these big questions, to go deeper, to go out in the world and do something. It keeps us a little too occupied. Um, yeah, detriment of our friendships and our relationships. So we got to get better about that. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to be uh, sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Give us a follow back. DMs are questions, things you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back and hit again, drop deeper into, and past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff over there because the work is about unlearning and then relearning some new stuff. Um, so stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us? Drop it in there. Also, feel free to drop topics you want us to hit in there as well. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I love your show. I tell everyone to listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Or, I'm sorry. (laughs) It really depends. Either thank you or sorry. Uh, My husband has a hormone level issue, which affects our sex life, discourages him greatly. Uh, I tell him it's okay, and uh, our love and marriage is not based on sex, but what can I do to reassure him more and make him feel better? I love that because, uh, well, let me, let, me, let me go this route first off. His hormone issues, which treated could improve or not, depends on what we're talking about, do not have to mean the complete absence of sex. Maybe you already know this. We still can participate in sexuality even when not feeling aroused. We can still consent enthusiastically to sexuality when not being interested or aroused. Sometimes while participating, we will find arousal and interest. Other times we won't. And we do it for our partner. I watch movies I don't want to watch because I love my partner. I sometimes will engage in sexuality that I'm not in the mood for because it's important to them. I travel to locations I might not want to travel to. It's just kind of life. And um, it's okay to use your finger, tongue, toys, whatever you got available to please your partner so that you can have what we call a shared experience. They don't need to be erect or aroused or even interested. They can still witness, participate, help get you off, whatever it is. Remember that. Sex is not penetration. Sex does not involve erection. Sex does not have to involve orgasms even. It's about something that we create for pleasure and entertainment and excitement and sometimes intimacy and sometimes connection and there's so many different ways to do it. So a hormone issue does not have to mean the absence or the lack of sex at all. It means it's going to be different. (laughs) It's going to have to be generated from care for your partner or the pleasure of seeing your partner pleasured or a little bit of interest. Um, even with a low hormone issue, our entire body still has the capacity to generate pleasure. So your hormone issue might impact not feeling as aroused or not getting aroused, but you still can feel good getting massaged, touched, have someone's mouth or tongue on you, even having a vibrating toy used around your body. So the sex still exists. It's just, you have to get creative and diversified, which we all do because as we age, 
and we're not getting erect or staying erect like we used to, and we're not lubricating as we used to, and our sexuality might shift or change, or we're on a medication, or we have a disability, or we're dealing with depression or grief or loss, we have to get diverse and creative in the ways that we connect to ourselves and other people. And like I said, sex does not have to involve penetration or our anatomy or our genitals. There's so many ways to be sexual with each other. Or you move out of eroticism and you focus more on sensuality, cuddling, hand-holding, massage, touch, rubbing. That also is meaningful. We don't need sex. We need connection. And there's a multitude of ways to do that. We don't need sex. We need bonding and shared experiences. And there's multiple ways to do that. So just we have to mature into a newer definition of sexuality, but we all do as we age and go through later stages of relationality. The vision or the way we did it when we were younger is the vision and the way we do it when we're younger. But as we get older, we have to update that vision and those expectations. But for whatever reason, we culturally don't. We expect how we did it in our youth to be the way that we do it in our adulthood. And that's flawed. And that limits us and that creates a lot of shame and anxiety. So uh, less pills, let's, let's, less, less pills and tips and tricks and more authenticity and honesty about where we are, what the expectations can and now should be on our bodies. It's hard, it's clunky, it doesn't always feel great, but we have to work with who we are and how we are. That's being sex positive and also body positive. It's very body negative to shame your body and to expect it to do things it can't do anymore and to have a vision that's beyond what's reasonable. So uh, time to update all that. So I love your question. That was an awesome question. Got a DM for us question or a topic you want covered? Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, you guys. It's always there. And uh, every time you have a question or a topic, it helps someone else as well. Not everyone's willing to kind of get in there. But it's anonymous. It's always confidential. So I uh, drop them in there. Things you want us to hit, always happy to hear from you. And past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. But we'll be back tomorrow night, y'all. So join us then. Lots of good stuff. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. Uh, drop the bar and just focus on a little bit of uh, leisure and pleasure for the rest of the night. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And uh, go and enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 